0: the fail on podcast episode 33 three
1: three i've written letters recently that i'll go back and look at like a year later so let's say something i wrote in like 2015 and i'll read it and i'll be like you know what the reason this tanked is in tested advertising methods <laughs> in 1970 it's just ah oh, it's so obvious later you know so you can be a really strong writer and Still just get caught up in, in your own head and, and write something that tanks and, and violate basic principles of marketing and never know it. And that's part of the struggle of, of being a writer is that you know you're going to have your bombs and like sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're not.
0: Welcome to the Fail On Podcast, where we explore the hardships and obstacles today's industry leaders face on their journey to the top of their fields through careful insight and thoughtful conversation. By embracing failure, we'll show you how to build momentum without being consumed by the result. Now, please welcome your host, Rob Nunnery. Hey there, and welcome to the show that believes leveraging failure is not only the fastest way to learn, but is also the fastest way to start a business, quit your job, and live a life of absolute freedom. In a world that only shares successes, we dissect the struggle by talking to honest and vulnerable entrepreneurs. This is a platform for their stories, and today's story is a good one. It's of Craig Clemens. Craig is a direct response copywriter with over $1 billion in sales. Yes, with a B. And he's currently the co-founder of Golden Hippo Media. He got to start writing copy for Evan Pagan's program, Double Your Dating, which grew to over $20 million per year. Since then, Craig has co-founded three eight-figure businesses in just the last five years in diverse industries ranging from nutrition to cosmetics to dating advice. We'll be discussing the value of mentorship and how Craig was able to get a world-class education through a well-known mentor to launch his copywriting career. Craig will go into the four-part formula for what it takes to become the best in class at whatever you want to succeed in. And Craig lays down a 60-day challenge to help us make a lifestyle change that can become permanent and improve our lives. But first, luckily, all I travel with now is a backpack for one reason only. It's clothing from an innovative Toronto apparel company called Unbound Merino. They have clothes made out of merino wool that you can wear for months on end without ever needing to have it washed. So this means I can travel with less clothes since the clothes apparently clean themselves. So check out the show notes page for an exclusive Fail-On discount that you won't be able to get anywhere else. And of course, if you'd like to stay up to date on all the Fail-On podcast interviews and key takeaways from each guest, simply go to failon.com and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the page. That's failon.com. Take us back to the first time that somebody gave you money in exchange for a product or service because that's usually like a big paradigm shift for people that are coming from like working for other people to actually creating something and somebody gives you money for it what was that first time
1: oh yeah well my first time i didn't actually make anything i made my first dollar on the internet doing affiliate marketing Mm. which is as you know just kind of putting the pixels in the right places. Yep. So this is back in the days when people were using the method called Google Cache. Did you? No, it this before my this days. before your time? Okay, okay. Okay, so, <laughs> so what is it? Let me tell you about how it was when I used to market on the internet, son. Uh, so back in the day with Google AdWords, that was like the wild, wild west of internet marketing. And you could send visitors direct from Google when they're searching for, you know, how to win the slot machines in Vegas. Mm-hmm. If someone had a book on how to beat the slot machines, you could buy the ad on Google. And if you could grab search terms that people were typing in better than the business owner, you could send them to the business owner's site and get the commission from them. Got it. So people came up with all kinds of tools that would allow you to find like a million little search terms, you know, like not just like how to win at slots, but this would be like how to win at slot machine S. So if they like forgot the space between the E and the S, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you might right. get one click a year on that, <laughs> but that person would buy that freaking book, man. And then you'd get your commission, you know, which is usually 50% of the right. uh, purchase price, something like that. So that's a real example. The first thing I ever promoted as an affiliate was a book called "Slot Machine Secrets." <laughs> Amazing. by John Carlo Capuccio, who is a, a, still a friend of mine, John, what's up if you're listening to this? And yeah, that was on Clickbank, which oh yeah, you know, was a network where you'd go and find these ebooks mm. that people were putting out and you could just sign up for the commission program where you'd get 50 percent of the commission or whatever yeah. the merchant put out
0: like how'd you hear about yeah. it? how'd you hear about the affiliate marketing like, oh I can make money online like where did that come from did you have somebody else that told you about it were you just searching online for something
1: yeah so at the time I was in the internet marketing space I was working for Evan Pagan at his company which did uh, dating advice ebooks and we had people who would promote our ebooks as affiliates and I, I saw them making a little bit of money but then I heard about this Google Cash method, and I thought it was total BS. But, like, the weird thing about the internet versus, like, reality, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, growing up, I was the kid who would open up the back of the penny saver. If you oh, yeah. Did you ever oh, read yeah, the yeah. penny saver? And it's all these get-rich-quick yep. themes uh, schemes. So I'd open up the back of the penny saver. And there's all these get-rich-quick schemes in the back. And I thought they would actually work. And I would call... <laughs> The or write in to get all of them. And I'd be like, well, one of these things has to work, right? (laughs) And they were all like MLMs or like, you know, stuffing envelopes from home, you know, shit like that that was mostly pyramid schemes and bullshit. Right. So when the internet came along, there was all these like things that were kind of like that, like stuff envelopes at home or like, you know, in this case it was like Google cache method, but some of them were not bullshit. Some of them actually worked. That's amazing. Yeah, so I had a friend and... He's like, yeah, my little brother is 16 and he's doing this Google cash thing and making like 500, a thousand bucks a month. I was like, wait a second, your little brother, like, I mean, I got to be smarter than this guy. (laughs) I could probably do this too. So I heard what he was doing and I, you know, downloaded the same course that he did. I went through it and I started doing this uh, slot machine secrets uh, ebook, just buying search terms on Google, sending them straight to the ebook webpage. So there's a course you actually took to
0: to learn this method.
1: Correct. Mm. Yeah, and it was I think that was an ebook itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> was how to do this right. And that guy was probably getting rich selling ebooks on how to get rich selling ebooks. But so yeah, I, I did this in my first month. I made three hundred and thirty dollars, and I remember that number because it was the exact amount of my car payment. Mm. And I was like, wow, if I could make this every month, my car payment is done. And then the next month, I made $660. I, like, doubled my money, and I was like, wow, now I can make my car payment, and I have enough money left over to eat lunch at Baja Fresh every day, (laughs) because Baja Fresh was, like, the ball of shit back then, you know? It wasn't, like, like Taco Bell was, like, what I was used to, but, like, now I could step it up and get that, like, burrito with real meat in it instead of, the (laughs) mystery stuff. Who knows what else, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so you, does that count? Yeah, oh, hundred percent. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You didn't actually, same same with me. I, I, yeah. got, I got into it the same way. Going back before that though, like were you raised around kind of business people, entrepreneurs, or was, or was that totally foreign to you as you came up through high school, college?
1: Yeah. My parents had traditional jobs. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was a rocket scientists actually designed parts for the space station and, and rocket cool. engines. And they really wanted all of us brothers, I have two brothers, to go to college. And I just never felt like it was for me, but they were making that hard push, you know. But I was always getting into entrepreneurial stuff. So I remember when I was, I think, seven or eight, I got all of the neighbor... Kids to bring their pets over to my yard, and we collected reptiles. We had like frogs and toads and snakes and and lizards, and, and like we had like there was. I was joking. It's it's true though. There was at no point in my childhood where there wasn't at least one snake loose in our house. <laughs> so my mom became an expert at like catching snakes and putting them back in their cage. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So I got all the neighbors to bring up their animals yeah. as well and put in my front yard and I had a zoo. And then we told all the, na- all the parents that in the neighborhood where yeah. i come through and like give a dollar to be a part of this zoo. That's awesome. And everyone came through and walked through and like, I remember someone had like their golden retriever there. <laughs> and then, you know, it'd be like a turtle and a, and a cat. And a snake and a lizard. So I was always doing things like that. Like uh, my brothers and I went to Hawaii and we saw that there's all these shells on the beach. And then we went to the gift shops, and they would uh, have like a big clam shell in the gift shop with a bunch of little shells in it and plastic wrap over the top, selling it for like 10 bucks. And we're like, we could make these things just from the shells on the beach. So we went and got our, our own shells on the beach and put them all together. And then when we got home, we went door to door selling the, <laughs> these shells. These super Hawaiian shells. Super. Yeah, I mean, this is all, this is authentic stuff, man. That's this is awesome. straight from the beach, of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, in your own, now in your own living room, bringing you the magic of the islands. No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I was like a smooth salesman. I think I was just like a little kid, like they're like here, kid, take some money. Yeah. We don't get Leave that alone. alone. <laughs> but yeah, you know, one thing I didn't realize until actually right now that you asked me. So thank you for asking me. Is that the elementary school? Did train us in a little bit of entrepreneurship when they would do these magazine contests and book contests. So there was this thing called Book It mm. that would happen one week a year where the, this company would come in and, the, and at the school they'd be like, okay, we're going to give you kids like these things that go sell magazines door to door. And whoever sells the most magazines, gets a pizza party, <laughs> which is
0: I, awesome. I mean, <laughs>
1: are you kidding me? And you get to leave school and go to the pizza place and order whatever you want, you know, that, I mean, and play video games and stuff. And I was all over that shit. So it trains you how to go door to door and, yeah, and awesome. sell things. And like, I never thought about that, uh, until just now, but like, that was awesome training because if we hadn't, gets. if we hadn't done the magazines, then we wouldn't have been able to do the shelves. Mm. And just that thought of opening the door, you know. I mean, Gary Halbert, who, uh, for those at home who don't know, is a, a uh, who many consider to be the greatest copywriter of all time. You know, wrote some of the most successful advertisements in history. He started out selling, I think it was encyclopedias door to door, and he says anyone who wants to learn how to sell, well, you got to go door to door and then sell things, you know, because that's what people used to do.
0: So, going from the first dollars you made, the three, the three thirty, then doubled your money. Where did it go from there? Because you were working for somebody else at that time. Yeah,
1: well, that was when Austin Powers came out, and then I was like, oh, a million. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that, at that point, I realized that there was real money to be made mm. in it. And I told my two brothers about this thing I had discovered, and they started doing it, and they were doing better than me. I remember marketing. one of them made $1,000 his first month, and the mm. other made 2000 the uh the brother who... Made, I forget which, but one of my brothers was going to college and getting straight A's in junior college. We had all like done terrible in high school, <laughs> and the best we could do was junior college, you know, with uh, the rest of the losers. All my <laughs> friends are their shit together, moved out of our boring hometown and went to like awesome universities, and they were living in the dorms mm. and like having the time of their life with like women and kegs and shit like that. And I was still living in my parents' house. Like a jackass, and so were my brothers. So, uh, for those of you at home thinking about having kids and thinking that it's just eighteen years, no, 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 no. Uh,
0: I <laughs> think I think
1: I moved out when I was like twenty-one or twenty-two, and my brother Mark, I think he was like, uh, I don't, I don't want to say. <laughs> Casey listens to this interview, and anyway, so he was going to school and getting straight A's, and that was my parents' dream that one of us would graduate college. So I went to my other brother, Kurt. And I said, Kurt, I think we should be business partners since you have time to invest in this. Mark doesn't because he's in school. So let's be business partners. Let's combine our our affiliate businesses. Hmm. And we did. And Kurt was a wizard at this affiliate game. He figured out things that no one else was doing on Google AdWords. Hmm. And the uh, income kept
0: growing and growing. So, okay. I guess how old were you at this time once once the affiliate game was going? And then yeah. when, when did that wrap up? And why yeah. why did you stop
1: doing it? Yeah. Okay. So this began in 2005. I remember I created my first Google AdWords account in 2005. And I remember we spent so much money on Google in our first year that they sent us a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a little, <laughs> little Google fridge for the office that we didn't have. And let's see, I was still working, I was working for Eben at the time, and he was training me in writing sales copy, mm. and that was awesome, he was a great mentor to me, and it was a really exciting company where he had 80 people all working from home, and I was the ninth employee. And this is the early days of the internet, you know, and a lot of people didn't even know what eBooks were, and we were selling eBooks with dating advice, mm. and there was one for men called Double Your Dating, and one for women called Catch Him and Keep Him. So I was, I was learning sales copy, and then I was doing the affiliate. Thing on the side, and my role in the affiliate business became writing some of the copy, and mm-hmm. then my brother would do
0: the day-to-day like management in the Google AdWords. Got it. So, uh, so you kind of naturally transitioned based on your training at Evan's company to do mainly writing. Correct. You, yes. you gravitated towards that because yeah. you because you enjoyed it, or you saw did you see did you see what eventually like, how how powerful that skill is, or what was your whole motivation to just write? Well, yeah, I did. I was not hired as a writer. Mm. I was hired as like a
1: like a customer service person, but but to sell the people who wrote in with questions, mm. like, will this help me get my ex girlfriend back? I was I was, and I'd be like, oh well, probably. She's probably long gone, man, but on page thirty seven there's a line that'll let you meet like ten new girls this weekend. You know? She's probably long gone. and if, if you yeah, if it doesn't work for you, let me know. I'll personally refund your money. So I would answer those questions. I wouldn't answer the questions like how do I download my ebook, you know, but I was brought in as customer service. Yeah, yeah. And I, I bought banner ads and like did all kinds of stuff. I managed the affiliate yeah. program for a while. And then Edmund was showing me all these copywriting books and things like that just so I knew marketing so and he would he was such a great mentor and like teaching everyone how the business worked and how marketing worked and then I started listening to Gary Halbert stuff and that's when I fell in love with the idea of becoming a copywriter but I did not know if I had what it took because I wasn't a great writer I think I'd failed English class in so high you mean school in the traditional and, sense yeah yeah it was not something I was like yeah. big into you know but I liked talking and before my copywriting and affiliate marketing days, I was doing phone sales, mm. and I worked at a lot of different phone sales companies, boiler room type stuff, you know, from like uh stuff i'm I'm not proud of to more traditional stuff, yeah, selling merchant accounts and like mortgages that I'm also not proud of but <laughs> <laughs> that was a little more above radar, so to speak so Eben had us reading all, all the marketing books and giving us a world-class education in marketing. He even sent me to some marketing seminars where I got to meet people who were just crushing it. And I remember one of them was a guy named John Reese. Uh, it was his program called the Triple Your Profit Workshop. Mm. And it was only 100 people, and everyone had to pay like 4500 bucks to be there. And Eben sent me and another guy, Drew, from the company. And I remember being in this room and there was, uh, you know, the, the hundred people in this room and I'd find out all these different ways they were making money. Like one of the guys was a, a search engine optimization specialist, And another guy was building software, uh, like to create thousands of pages and things like that. And, uh, you know, another guy was selling courses like Ebon was. And, and then you know, there was a guy in there that had done this thing with launching products and his name was Jeff Walker. Mm. He's quite well known oh, now, yeah. you know, but all these people were in this room and I remember just being in this room and looking around and I was like, this is, this is the real get rich Mm. thing. All of these people in this room are killing it. And in different ways, the internet is where this is at. And I felt so lucky to be in that room. I felt like that was the accumulation of all of those ads in the back of Penny Saver that I'd answered.
0: (laughs) And all of the MLMs I'd tried and like you know so you were there as an employee did that make you did you feel like okay i can i need to do this on my own yet or no you you i totally have that
1: i really enjoyed working mm. for Eben. and you uh, were probably very grateful like
0: he sent you to that, that
1: event super grateful yeah. i was getting world class training he's one of the best copywriters in the world so he would look at my copy and tell me why it sucked you know which i think is critical <laughs> yeah. if you're trying to become a copywriter you need that mentor to tell you why your shit sucks you know cuz the split tests are often difficult to read right so, yeah, that was invaluable. And I was doing the affiliate marketing on the at the time like on the side. Didn't ever think that would become something that would make more money than the
0: salary I was getting mm. with Evan. And then so just moving the timeline along a little bit. So, what was the transition like leaving working for Evan and why why did you Come 2008, 2009, the recession hit mm.
1: and I got laid off. Got it. And you know, the reason was that I was writing at that time most of the copy for the dating advice brands and most of that copy had been written. There wasn't any new products coming out. So we had got sales it. letters for all the products and I had helped him launch his business development program, which was called Altitude, which is amazing business training that's still around today. But he liked writing that copy himself, mm. so I was no longer needed. So I got laid off and at the time my affiliate business was doing
0: well. Were there hard feelings at the time? Like, were you upset? Well, you know, and was it unexpected? I guess.
1: Yeah. So the the thing that was a little odd is he didn't tell me I got laid off. The <laughs> money just the stu- the director father just stopped, stopped getting coming. paid. Well, it was a troubling time for him because he had to lay off like half the company.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> you said he had a lot of employees, all remote, but like eighty. Yeah. That's okay.
1: Yeah. So I mean, this recession, you know, for those who were in business during it remember i mean this was i got laid uh, off in house 2008 as well
0: yeah i remember
1: it yeah so everyone at the company either got laid off or took a pay cut Mm. and i guess in his you know 80 phone calls i've (laughs) (laughs) forgotten so one day I, i i am checking my bank account i'm like my money didn't come in today and Then I remembered I'd got some in the mail that said like, "Do you want to renew your health insurance?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" (laughs) Uh, I I, I emailed the CFO and I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, uh, Evan didn't call you." I'm like, "No." So, so there, you know, I mean, we've since sorted it, but at the time, I was upset, a a little taken aback, yeah. But at the same time, my affiliate business was doing well. That was enough to pay my bills at Mm. the time. Of course, a couple months later, the recession trickled through to that also yeah. and that dried up. Yep. And I was like shit, I'm broke again, you know. And and I I had been doing quite well. I was I was driving a Porsche, you know, so li- living in the high. Hollywood Hills. Yeah. And uh, spaces had, were high, but no income was coming in, right? So I had to yeah. sell my car and then move out of the house, mm. move into the apartment with my brother Kurt. Was that like a big humbling thing for you? Oh, or totally. Like, I thought it was all over. Yeah, I was like, Shit, the, 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 it's all over. I'm gonna yeah. be back doing uh phone sales or when something my like little that. Little
0: schemes you know. don't work anymore. I gotta figure out something <laughs> <Yeah>. else.
1: <laughs> well, at this point, I mean, yeah, the the I mean, Evan's business was a very legit business that was providing a lot of value yeah, with the totally. training programs. Our affiliate business was I wouldn't call it a scheme however the best way I've heard it defined is John Reese says create a business
0: not a money maker yeah and yeah, the affiliate thing yeah. was a money maker hundred percent like we've talked about this this is because that's the business I was in and yeah it was, like tra- you're,
1: you're basically a traffic broker that's what, that's what I was we were traffic hundred percent yeah
0: it's not you, you have nothing to sell right if you stop right. if you stop buying traffic you stop making money right and, and that
1: was what happened is we couldn't buy traffic anymore. Yeah. What happened at that same time was Google banned bridge pages, what they called, mm. which was the in-between page yep. between their advertising and the the seller. right? And that was what we were doing at the time, was we were just basically a traffic broker, a middleman. Yep. So yeah.
0: Okay, so you're at this low point, you sell your car, you move in with your brother, you're probably feeling pretty crappy at this point, I would imagine. What's, so what's your game plan in your head? And you're like, go get a job or what?
1: Yeah, so I I left, though, with a world-class education,
0: mm. and
1: mo, mo, more so I, I left with a world-class copywriting education, and I was a pretty good copywriter at the time, yep. so I th- knew I could do some freelance work, and I knew I could find the right copywriting position, and I, I would be in demand for that, because sure. you know, there's some businesses that are recession-proof. Yeah. So, I actually did my first and only freelance project at the time. It was for Joe Polish. Nice. And I wrote him a sales letter to help him with his uh, conference, which was for carpet cleaners on how to make more money. (laughs) So I wrote the sales letter for Rich Cleaner 2.0 conference. And that, that helped me pay my bills for like a few months. And in the meantime, I was talking
0: with. How did you know Joe at the time? Drew Ebon okay. because
1: they would do masterminds together and they right. needed someone to take uh, bullet point notes. So I was the guy <laughs> in the back of the room
0: taking the notes for the, for the big dogs. Well, like, that's cool because I, yeah. I, th- I think it's an important lesson because when you start hanging around people that are doing better than you, it, you naturally kind of start picking yourself up, right, in terms of you kind of – Gravitate to you know the whole saying, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. It's so true. So you're it seems like you're putting yourself in these situations where you're having access to like Jeff Walkers, to Joe Polish, and all these guys. How how important was that for for you in terms of going from being an employee for Evan to to growing your skill set?
1: Oh, m- mega! I I mean I I would meet so many great people who had beaten the system, so to speak, you know, who hadn't gone to college or had started their own business or, you know, were doing doing their own thing. And that let me know that it was possible. And each one of them had their own little thing, you know. So Joe Polish was teaching carpet cleaners how to make more money at the time. That was his thing. And then John Reese was I mean, actually, he was doing <laughs> so many things. <laughs> He's buying and selling domain names. He yeah, had a web hosting company. He had his own info product back in the day. It's like telling people how to teach or teaching people how to sell on eBay, uh, all, all types of different stuff there. But I like everyone had their thing, and I was like, you know, when's it going to be my turn mm. to figure something out, you know? So I, uh, and then, and I thought that this affiliate marketing plus copywriting was my turn. Yep. I actually, I was able to make my first million doing that, and then it turned off, and
0: I was like, the whole fucking game is over, and the internet's dead. <laughs> the internet's dead. All right, so yeah. just, to, just to kind of move it along again, where, so where do you go from, you know, selling your car, moving in with your brother, what's the plan? Because like you said, you had you had a world-class education, you had the skill, you start, you write a letter for, for Joe Polish. Mm-hmm. Where does the career go from that? Or do you do more freelancing? Do you, where do you go?
1: Yeah. So about the same time, I got a note from a guy who had, who had seen me speak at one of Eviden's business programs. And he said, hey, do you do phone consulting? I want to pick your brain about some copy stuff. You know? And I was like, yeah, it's 500 bucks an hour. And he's like, okay, where do I send the money? And I was like, well, this guy's going to pay me 500 bucks. He's talking <laughs> on the phone. This is awesome. And I was like, send it here. And then he jokes that I rescheduled the call like three times because I went and party too much the <laughs> night before three times in a row. Yeah, I looked up our old Facebook conversation. That actually did happen, but only twice. So I get on the phone with this guy and he, to make a long story short, had a wealth of information as a guru. So he had had Crohn's disease, which is a, a very tough to get over intestinal disorder and he'd beat it and he had a book on how to like live with Crohn's and he had a workout program because he had gone from weighing 90 pounds at, at uh, 19 years old to getting ripped mm. and owning a gym. And then he had a dating ebook cause he wasn't getting any girls when he was dealing with the Crohn's <laughs> thing and he had to figure all this out. So he had a dating ebook called zero rejection dating that I thought was as good or better than W. Oh, really? So we just partnered together with my two brothers who were experts then at
0: the traffic game
1: and we started making our own information products
0: that's cool that's cool and that was the kind of the genesis of golden hippo media
1: yeah yeah so that that golden hippo started out selling information products Mm. and we made a lot of our own then we started partnering with other gurus uh mark manson is the most well known now since his book which is amazing by the way it's called yep. the
0: subtle art of
1: not giving a fuck everyone should read it uh just came out but back in the day he was very unknown and we made a confidence program with him for man oh, i had no idea he yeah, was in that yeah. Space. it didn't sell very well though yeah. i wrote the copy it tanked and that was a uh kind of kind of a a big i don't know what the word is but it told us that hey this is like we're not very good at this uh <laughs> publisher model right with other people's information courses or, or or at least we didn't want to keep going and figuring out mm. of course now companies like Udemy and uh, yeah. creative live have figured that out to the tune of yeah. billions <laughs> of dollars but we couldn't however we were quite successful at selling our own products under Josh's name mm. and we had built a big list of men and since they were all like men's men's advice programs and then uh, eventually we, we started getting into nutritional supplements because you know, Josh and my brother Mark were really into nutritional supplements. Mm. So we started figuring out how to make our own. And that was very much trial and error at the front with a lot of error. We got burned by uh, several different labs, You know, yeah. lost a lot of money at first, but eventually figured out how to make really high quality supplements consistently. Mm which is tough yep. you know and uh, that's that's really how we got our started. at golden hippo what was the first physical product you guys sold the first physical product was a uh it was like a uh men's vitality like a uh, um so my brother kurt was going into these uh men's forums and he realized that all of these these older men were taking the same like five herbs to kind of like mm. keep their sex drive alive And they swore that these five worked and he's like, why don't we just design a supplement with all five of these in one? And we did. And I actually, when they, when they came to me, like I was like, "Eh, I don't know guys. It's, it sounds like it's placebo effect. Like I don't want to write copy for something that I don't personally believe in. And they're, they're like, no, well, we're doing this, so you're either in or out. <laughs> I was like, shit. All right. Well, like, and this is like t- tough times, you know, like yeah. this is like climbing out of the recession still a little bit too. Mm. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll write the thing. But, uh, you know, and then in the meantime, I started kind of like looking for other <laughs> career opportunities and stuff. Right. Like for real, like I was talking to, you know, different people, but going to write copy for them. Mm. And, and like as like an that. employee? Yeah, or partner, sure, you know, sure. trying to figure something. But By this time, I I'd, I'd had... You know, a lot of copywriting experience. Yeah. And we put those out and it sold well. And we had a thousand bottles, the first order. And then we're like, okay, those sold well. Let's order 10,000 bottles. So we went and this time we started getting pricing from different labs, and mm. like trying to get a deal, you know? <laughs> right. And we found one that gave us a good deal. And so we had them made and they were, the bottles looked exactly the same. And we sent them out and the customers started writing back uh what is this shit <laughs> we're like what do you mean it's it's the same thing you know and like it doesn't work anymore and we're like what whoa and it was like uh and then we realized so that no we took we took a bottle and we gave it to one of the companies that does third-party testing. Mm. And they're like, oh, these these ingredients aren't actually in there. No like you guys got ripped off by the no lab. way. So they totally... Uh, the lab screwed us. Mm. And that taught me a couple things. It taught me, one, that these labs will screw you. You need to third-party yeah. test and like only work with reputable labs. And two that shit actually worked. <laughs> you know, it wasn't placebo yeah. effect. Like the guys were actually that's crazy really people feeling were, something.
0: Customers were reaching out saying this doesn't work anymore. Yeah. That's, that's nuts.
1: Yeah. So then I, I brought, I was like, damn. So I started taking the stuff myself. And I, I remember like, I was going to Australia with a
0: couple of buddies for a New Year's Eve
1: trip. And I was like, guys, we got to take this stuff every morning. You know, this is like the fucking manpower stuff, you know? And so we just started taking it like every morning. And then after that trip, like two weeks later, both friends independently, wrote me an email and
0: they were like, hey, Craig, you got any more of that? <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was funny. But like that, that was, that was the, the starter. We never really wanted to stay in that niche because we mm. knew it was, was small and we knew, we knew there was bigger things out there. And my brother, Mark, had started taking probiotics mm. and was having good results with them. And that ended up being our next thing.
0: Got it. And so you've, you've done probiotics, the Men's Vitality... Skincare with Beverly Hills MD. What what other verticals are you guys in?
1: So th- those early days mm. was very much throwing things at the wall and seeing what was going to stick. Got it. You know? But
0: were you selling mostly with that? With that you had a list of, a pretty big list for men, right? Exactly. So that's kind of the yeah. focus. So we were doing a lot of, you know, warm
1: list Got type it. stuff. Got it. You know? Which is much easier to sell than cold traffic, as, 100%. as people know. But yeah, it's funny. Now I, I hire a lot of copywriters, and they be like, "Oh, I've got my, I've written this sales letter that's converting." You know, to warm traffic, five percent <laughs> or whatever, and uh, then you, you know, you find out, yeah, it's all too uh, you a know, warm list, list yeah. they don't understand the difference that getting a new customer in the door for the first time is, you know, many many times harder. Oh yeah, than selling someone that's already on your list. So. Yeah. So back in the, back in those days, we were very much just like experimenting and trying to figure something out. And once we were able to do this first supplement, got burned, lost thousands of dollars with that first lab, you know? And then the funny thing about that, just a little side note, but it like never really makes sense to go to court. Cause then you just pay the
0: lawyers more money. So like everyone just gets screwed, you know, just like, was that kind of the biggest failure in terms of getting golden hippo going? Cause that's, I mean, how much money was that? That was probably what thirty, forty, fifty grand for ten thousand bottles.
1: That was that one stung a lot. Yeah, we later had one that was a seven-figure dispute with the lab. That I, I'll I'll bring that back up in in a second and tell you that one. So we we're in this experimental phase, and then we realized that we had a, a, a nice platform for creating these nutritional products and bringing them out to a lot of people. You know, we we know we could make a lot of impact if we got a great product yeah. that was mass market, not so much like men's sex drive, but right. something that would help everybody. And my brother, Mark, had started taking these probiotics and having good results with them, and I started taking them. And I had a big change. Like, I, you know, I I was like having like bad digestion and like I was on the shitter like five times a day. (laughs) I thought I had Crohn's disease. I was like, Josh, do I have Crohn's disease? He's like, you don't have Crohn's, but you're fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So I started taking the probiotics. I got more regularity and I was like all about these probiotics. And then uh, I started studying why they worked. And it's just fascinating, like how much bad shit the food companies put in their food to get mm. you to eat more of the foods. Yep. And it all just screws up your digestion and probiotics can really help balance that out. So we put our heads together and we're like, okay, let's, let's create a mainstream opportunity. We have a platform, let's create a great brand and let's try to be the Red Bull of probiotics. Mm. And let's get this probiotic thing out there and like make that our thing, you know? And that, that's what we did. And we created a probiotic brand it was called Keybiotics it's still around today and uh, still sells very well and used the marketing and and business building strategies that we discovered and perfected mm-hmm. through our information products okay. with this probiotic supplement and it it did extremely well and then that was that was when uh we got in the the big dispute, so we had this you know the orders were coming in super hot and we were at, we third party test everything now. It's not you know you never mess around without getting third party testing, and so we got in a big shipment. It was like a million dollar shipment, and we had them tested, and they didn't check out on the the content of the uh, what's called the colony forming units of probiotics, mm. and you know we have a bottle claim right there that said thirty seven billion CFUs per capsule. And I don't remember what these checked out at, but it wasn't 37 billion. So we couldn't sell these things. Right. And then the lab is like, well, you put them in the wrong conditions. Like you must've had them in the truck Mm. outside in the sun. Got it. And we're like, that was, you know, your truck. And it was just like one of those things, you know? And that was, that was crazy. I mean, that could have put us out of business yep. and we started the legal process and, you know, we were in like probably 50 grand in legal fees. And, you know, in the meantime, we had found another lab to source the probiotics that was doing a uh, nice overage for us. So what overage means is they'd come and uh, test out at like 45 to 50 billion CFUs per Got capsule. It. And you have to do that when you're selling probiotics because then you can, cause you want someone to be able to take them off their own shelf in their house for a year. And probiotics will slowly die, unless they do expire over time. But anyway, not to get all technical (laughs) supplements with you. But yeah, then uh, we we were deep in legal fees, and the lab knew that they were wrong. And then they finally agreed to, uh, once they saw that we were lawyered up, Mm. agreed to uh, replace the order at like some sort of discount deal we worked out. So, I mean, we still lost- Still still ate a lot of money.
0: Yeah, we still ate a six-figure sum, but we didn't go out of business. Right. What's the what's the most difficult part of the business today? Like, what what are you guys' biggest struggles?
1: You know, it's ever evolving. So now we have the the platform model where we are able to partner with some of the world's best doctors and mm. bring their innovative ideas out into the world in okay. forms of uh, products in the nutrition and, and skincare space. So the the challenge used to be finding great partners. Mm. Now we're in the fortunate position where Doctors come to us and we get to, you know, kind of pick and choose who we feel has the most innovative products to work with. Mm. And I would say that the, one of the biggest struggles right now is there's a lot of folks in our world in the supplement space that are not doing right by their customers, mm. as well as skincare. And You'll see a lot of them doing like the free trials, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, pay just 3 ninety five shipping and we'll you'll give you a free bottle of the supplement, you know, which uh, was on the Ellen show last night, you know, which never actually happened. Right. And then they bill someone's credit card forever and the supplement is like total like bullshit also. Yep. And these folks just kind of ruin it for everybody. Uh, one, they give the customer a bad taste in their mouth so the customer doesn't want to buy a nutrition product on the internet burned yeah.
0: right, and they start thinking yeah. even
1: like a you know the, even the legit product like it's like the scammers are, are yeah. sharp you know they can make them like look look good and then the advertising networks don't want to risk having their customers get ripped off yeah so MSN recently like uh, is, is stopped allowing skincare mm. because so many scammers were doing the uh like the getting away with doing these free trial things, that they're just like, we just need to stop skincare for now, because too many of our MSN users are are getting scammed, mm. and that takes everybody out. You yep. know, I mean, we have a amazing skincare brand called Beverly Hills MD with two of the top cosmetic surgeons in Beverly Hills that you know we've worked our our butts off to formulate these best in class products that people love. I mean, if you Google the reviews of Beverly Hills MD, they're like amazing products, yep. and. We we go to these networks and we're like, hey, you know, we it's like we're a legit company. This is our products. They're doctor formulated. D- do a test order. Try the products yourself. Mm. Go look at all of our reviews. You know, if you want to interview our customers, like whatever you want. Like this is, you know, like this is our stuff. We're really proud of our yeah. stuff. Like, Sorry, we don't take skincare. It's yeah. not you. It's yeah. just
0: you know. So that's been, been a real challenge lately. What, uh, what do you guys have coming up that you're excited about? Any new products in the pipeline? Well, something that we just did that I'm really excited about uh, was we just helped one of our
1: doctors with his, uh, a launch of his book. Hmm. So we're partners uh, with a doctor whose name is Stephen Gundry, and he is an f- acclaimed heart surgeon who's done more heart surgeries on infants than anyone else in the world. He is an inventor of a device that's used 90% of all heart surgeries. He was just a a badass heart surgeon. And then he resigned from chairman of Loma Linda University heart surgery program to practice restorative medicine, which Mm. is healing people through nutrition. So he just released a book called The Plant Paradox that we were really uh, excited and, and honored to help him get out into the world. And The Plant Paradox is all of his strategies for uh, better diet around longevity and healing your issues so you don't end up on the operating table for heart surgery. Sure. Yeah. You know, so uh, we got our team together and, and, you know, helped him with the marketing efforts with that. And we were able to get him on the Octagon, which is the table in the m- middle of Barnes & Noble, yep. you know, and uh, it debuted at number two in the New York Times bestseller list. So amazing. That was super exciting. And that uh, also let us know that, you know, we've got some chops now when it comes to getting books out in yep. the public and
0: getting people to take a, uh, you know, uh, so you guys were actually doing ads for the books or no,
1: I don't want to get into our secret sauce. In the books. <laughs> we were doing a lot of stuff. Sure, man. Sure. We, we were, we were, it was really exciting because we were able to do all sorts of innovative things and, and figure things out. It's a very different model because you know, the book sales go through Amazon and Barnes and yep. Noble. So they're not coming through our own uh, method, but yeah, we did some, some interesting stuff and you know, now, now we have the chops that, uh, you know, I, I was actually just uh, after the bestseller list came out, I wrote our doctors at Beverly Hills MD. I'm like, hey, guys, you guys should need to come out with a book because we up, can guys. help get, yeah. get your knowledge in the hands of a lot of people. Because yep. like if you've uh, uh, I know you've seen our, our products online yep. and I don't know if you've seen the, the doctors. Yep. But like when I first met the guy. Uh, I, I wasn't like, let's go into business. I was like, dude, tell me what you do to take care of your skin, man. Cause like <laughs> you're 40 years face, old and yeah. you look like you're like 22. <laughs> I want to know. Right. Like he told me his skincare routine and like I yeah. use, you know, his tips and things like that. So like, I'm excited to get there. Like, yeah, I'd be really excited to help them get a book out in the world too. And now we know we know how to do that. So, so that's been fun. Yeah. Just, uh, just growing the team also, you know, like I, I still do a lot of the copywriting myself. Yeah uh however i am fortunate that we have got what i think is the best team of young writers in the world mm. and i get to work with these guys every day and now i'm like their are Pagan, pegging you know i personally like yeah i tell them when their copy sucks and i tell them when it's <laughs> good and like we just have like a really like tight-knit group where we're just like doing like a lot of sharing and uh like really like helping to uh make the biggest impact with these these products mm. that we really believe in so uh how big is the team no, uh, the copywriting team is right around 20 okay. people. Yeah. You, you never have, uh, you always have a lot of churn with the copywriting team, right. you know, cause some people come in and find out it's not for them. But yeah, we've got some guys that have been with us for a while that, uh, I, I just love it cause like they're, they're making great money mm. and they're learning. Like you cannot get this education anywhere. And that's what w- was like the biggest blessing in my business life was getting hired by Evan and yeah. getting to work under him and with that exciting team. For five years, you know, you can't get that in college, man. I learned so much. And like, I, I, I got a letter from one of our employees recently and he just, it was like, you know, just thanking me for putting this educational environment together. And that meant so much to me because that was what I had with Evan. Mm And that's what we've strived to do is make this world-class training, you know? So like if someone comes through and, and ends up working at Golden Hippo and they just absorb the knowledge that's like in the room. I mean, they're going to walk out of there knowing things that no one else in the world knows about marketing and copywriting and positioning and branding. And they'll be able to like write, write their own way the
0: rest of their life. I think it's a interesting point that a lot of people don't, don't think about is if you're interested in getting into business, oftentimes the best route is going to work for somebody. That's a small, smallish team that you have direct access to, you know the the founder or the president or the CEO, because yeah. then you have you have direct access. You, you're surrounded by a lot of people doing cool things, and you're in a startup environment. Totally, man, and and it's just like I, I see a lot of folks in the
1: like marketing space trying to learn on their own mm. and at home and like around their other job, and like I think that's awesome. I th- I don't want to discredit anyone trying yeah. to learn because that's freaking rad that like people are getting getting out of the rat race mode and try and getting a learning mode. But like, if you can immerse yourself into an environment where it's like what you do and you're getting paid to do it, it's like uh, just completely uh, a priceless experience. That's going to give you the best education. You know, I, I, I see a lot of folks trying to figure this out on their own and it's yep. just a much slower process. Yeah. It, 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 when you're immersed in that environment and you can do that, you're, you're in hyper growth mode. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you're learning right. at so much of a higher pace, and like I see all these, like you know, in the copywriting forums, I I I see people that are like coming up, like doing reading the books, mm. and you know, handwriting the, the yep. letters, yep. and like the traditional things that people do from copywriting. And I'm sorry, but there no one's getting as good as the guys that are at Golden Hippo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You're doing it. It's, yeah, that's that's the same thing was true at Evan Pagan's company, you know, and like mm. uh, the same thing is like if you look at the the, the real the real greats from the, the generation before us, yep. you know, like uh, David Deutsch or Gary Bensavenga or mm. uh, Clayton Makepeace. Uh, actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure about Clayton, but I know David Deutsch and Gary Bensvenga started at ad agencies. Mm. You know, they both worked at Ogilvy Mather yep. and like went through the ad agency thing. I mean, Gary Bensavenga worked directly under John Caples. He's mm. a great, uh, he's got some great books out that people interested in copywriting should get into. Yep. So yeah, it's that immersion, man. It's like, and I, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, what does it take to become the best in class in what you do? Mm. And I came up with a four-part formula. And I know this is true in copywriting. I put this post out there on my Instagram. Yep. And I, was, I wanted to know if other people in other industries felt the same way. Mm. And, and it turned out it was. I had like even a DJ wrote me and he's like, I produce music and this is the same thing that allowed me to get good. That's cool. So here's the four-part formula. All right, it's immersion. It's being around that stuff like full time, mm-hmm. you know. And even when I was working for Eben in the company, I wasn't listening to music in my car. I was listening to marketing programs. Right. You know, I was listening to audio books by Jack Trout and Al Ries. You know, on branding and positioning yeah. and things like that. You know, it was just full immersion for like three years. Right. The next thing is doing it. All right, so Eben made me a challenge when I worked for him. He's like, "If you write ten pages of hard hitting copy every single day, and it's it's like quality converting stuff, I will make sure you're making six figures a year." And I took that challenge on, and that was tough for me because I was a big procrastinator at the time. <laughs> yeah, but I did it. You know, it took me six months. I don't know how long I even got me to take up to the speed, but it like six months, I was doing the ten pages a day mm. of hard hitting copy, and he honored his promise. He started paying me six figures a year that's awesome so immersion doing it every day or at least five days a week is how often i was doing it right mentorship you need someone to like tell you when you're doing something right and when you're doing something wrong and that can't come from from a book it's got to be someone reading your copy Or with my DJ friend, he said someone listening to his music Mm. and being like, hey, maybe you should consider trying this, you know, when you blend things together or something like that, you know? So that mentorship, right? So those are the three things. And then time, Mm. time doing that shit. But my theory is that if you do one, two, and three, if you immerse yourself, if you do the damn work at least five days a week, and if you have the right mentor, Then all you need to do is put in the time and you're guaranteed to become world-class. And how much is that time going to be? It's going to be different for different people, but it's going to happen, you know? So I went through different evolutions in my writing. It took me six months to get to the point where I could write really strong email copy. Mm. And that email copy... Could be sent out to a warm list, which, as we know, is the easiest way to sell <laughs> yeah. and bring in a good amount of sales. Right. You know, and that that was it was it was about uh, three months or so bef- before I wrote something that Eben would even mail out. Oh, wow. my first copy sucked. Yeah, and you know, like you know, and then uh, it took me a few more years to be able to write like longer form sales letter stuff. You know, and it probably took me, I mean, five years to be able to write captivating openings to sales letters, mm. which is the hardest part. Is you know getting yeah. getting that opening on a long piece you know and now i've i've been fortunate to write a lot of sales letters that have been I think some of the biggest, mm. but I still bomb also right you know so right. I still have my mentors and peers that I send copy over to and I'm like, Hey man, this bomb, like, don't tell anyone, but <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm totally, totally open with the fact that like some of my shit tanks, you know, still even this day, but you know, some of them go on and, and are, are
0: huge eight figure successes. So why do some still, or why does some, why does some letters still tank? I mean, is it just, you never know what the response is going to be. So you try different things or I mean, what is it?
1: Yeah. The, 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 everything tanks for the same reason. It's because you're not connecting with your prospect. Mm. You know, so what does that mean? Well, maybe you got too inside your head and just started talking about something that like was too technical or maybe it's something that like you cared about that the prospect doesn't care about, you know, or uh, maybe you just like lost them by talking about benefits that they don't really care about or or maybe your intro wasn't interesting to them. Maybe it wasn't unique. Maybe it wasn't a unique solution for their problem or maybe you forgot that they had a problem at all and you're just like, you know, talking out of your ass about like, how great your product is, mm. but not really connecting the dots
0: between mm. like what it's going to do for them. So I feel like that's the most difficult part about it is that there's so many different variables. You know what I mean? Between like, there's different parts of the letter. Like, is it the intro? Is it this? Is it this? Like with, with the affiliate stuff, you just put an ad up. It's either, you know, the ad's not working and it's so a little 300 yeah. by 250. And you can it's, test it's, word it's, by word. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's tough, man. You know, it's a, that's why you need a mentor who's done it because the split test can't tell you. There's, if you're doing long form stuff, there's too much to test, and you could never know exactly. why your letter is tanking. Exactly. You know? So, but uh, you know, sometimes you, there's general stuff where you just like you just know. I mean, like I don't know, I don't know if you want to talk
0: about that letter that you had. Can wrote for you, <laughs> and I
1: looked at it. And I was like, "Oh, uh, bro, Ken <laughs> Yeah, what, what he's referring to is we
0: we paid we paid fifty grand for. For a sales letter that we tested and it was just, it just, it didn't convert. And I sent it to Craig and he was like, oh, dude. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I remember I looked at it I was like, you know, I know, you sent it to me and I think you were expecting me to find some like high level problem yeah, it had I had like, in it, right? Just tell me what's wrong with it so I can go fix it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, dude, everything that's wrong with this letter was written in tested advertising methods by John Cables in like 1960. <laughs> <laughs> it's, why, it's not rocket science why this thing isn't working. You right. know? It's just like... Uh, but you know, I've written letters recently that I'll go back and look at like a year later. So let's say something I wrote in like 2015 and I'll read it and I'll be like, you know what? The reason this tanked is in tested advertising methods <laughs> in yep. 1970. It's so obvious later. Right. You know. So you can be a really strong writer and still just get caught up in, in your own head and Mm. and write something that tanks and and violate basic principles of marketing and never know it. And that's part of the struggle of of being a writer is that, you know, you're going to have your bombs and like, sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're not right. You know, I mean, when I wrote the promotion for that key biotics uh, probiotics supplement, Mm. which was the, the, biggest one I had, I had written at the time. And I, I think one of the biggest on the internet, you know, it was doing 10 million a month in in sales. I, I was like, way up on my high horse, you know. I was like I was like shit, this is the biggest sales letter ever You know, like this is this is so great. Like I, I can I can like I've I'm I've crossed the path, you know, right. like I'm uh, I was feeling like uh you know like I was like one of the Beatles or some shit, you know, like uh like the Beatles have this saying that I like Someone asked them, like, are you guys materialistic? And they're like, hell yeah. When we write down to write a song, we go, let's write ourselves a new swimming pool. (laughs) So that was like a George Harrison or something. quote. But uh, anyway, I was like, oh, man, I could do this. You know, so the next thing I sat down to write was something for our Beverly Hills MD brand. And I, like, you know, spent a month writing this. And it was like this, like, unique sales letter that, like, different format anyone ever seen before. And, uh, you know, we put it up and... uh, You know, waiting for the results to come in. And in the meantime, you know, I'm just like walking around like with a little more uh, (laughs) chest out, (laughs) chest out, you know, (laughs) then I go and I'm like, oh, how'd that copy do guys? And they're like, oh, you know, the results are like, you know, not, it's not really converting, like not a lot of sales. I'm like, okay, where did the media buyer fuck this (laughs) up? (laughs) What link is broken? what what banner were you using yeah. here because it's not the copy you know, it's, it's it, that copy's great you know so then they test different banners they make sure all the links are working and it's still tanking you yeah. know and I'm like oh, the customer's wrong <laughs> but you know of yep, course yep. that's never true right. So uh, yeah the, the next thing I wrote tanked and <laughs> brought you back to earth a little bit. <laughs> yeah yeah and that was and it was not some of the things that tank you can fix yeah you know if you get some traction. But this one, uh, had to totally wipe it, had to totally wipe it. And then funny, we, cause the product is outstanding mm. and I did so many rewrites of that letter trying to make it work and finally just gave up. And then, uh, later swallowed, swallowed the pride and, uh, <laughs> brought in uh, an expert outside writer to try to fix it, which is not something we do, we what normally do. Yeah. do at Golden Hippo. We normally write this stuff internally. But uh, we brought in uh, David Deutsch to mm. give it a rewrite, and did a deal with him. And his version is converting better than mine was. <laughs> uh, we think it's we think it could be a success. It's not it's not all the way there yet. Yeah. But uh, I hope it does because it's a, a amazing product. Totally. It, yeah. So it's it's a, it's an acne product actually mm. that has, we did a user group with it. And like oh, the, cool. The results it had were outstanding. That's
0: and, awesome. You know, we know that's a big market for yeah. pro, pro- proactive, right? It's huge. So uh, yeah. So hopefully that'll. So being The Fail-On Podcast, the whole idea is to get people to stretch their comfort zone, do things that are a little uncomfortable to grow. What's a challenge that you could lay out for the listener or for us? That's a great question. And I did a post uh, on my birthday
1: a year ago, and I talked about the power of the 60-day challenge. So there was a time when uh, I was also up on my high horse, you know, thinking I was hot shit and was doing a little too much drinking and partying. And it all caught up to me when I got my ass kicked and thrown in the back of a car in the Ukraine by four thugs. And they were taking me somewhere. I don't know where the fuck they were taking me, <laughs> but I was in the back of a car with a fucking big Russian dude on each side and two in the front seat. I was scared shitless. Yeah. And I somehow talked my way out of, let, out of it to get him to let me go with just taking my, my phone and my cash. They yeah, had it, all your fingers, <laughs> all, all your, your my, toes. Yeah, all my fingers. <laughs> the anus was intact. <laughs> the important things. And, you know, sad to say, I was, I was so drunk, I don't even remember what mm. the conversation was mm. with them. And I, I realized that I had a serious binge drinking problem. Mm. And I talked to a friend of mine, his name's Alex Allman, who's someone I really respect. And he's got men's advice programs actually too. And I said, I don't know what to do here. And he's like, Well, I'm glad you are finally realizing this because uh you know, I was I'm I'm never one to like be your dad, mm. but like we've all known you've had a binge drinking problem <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. You know, but no one's gonna you know. So I'm like shit, like am I am I an alcoholic? Like do I should I stop? And he's like, Well, see if you can stop for sixty days. If you can't stop drinking for sixty days then you might have some, you know, serious issues that mm. might require you to seek some some AA or, yeah. or some professional level of help, but see if you can do the 60 days and then we'll talk after that. Mm. I'm like, all right, okay, I'm going to do it. And I, uh, I called two friends and I told them, I was like, hey, they, actually they were both named Sean, Sean Royster and Sean Stevenson. Mm. I was like, I'm doing 60 days of no alcohol. I'm finally trying to get my binge drinking problem under control. I have a problem. I'm trying to fix it. And I did the 60 days and it was a fucking bitch. But uh, the theme of my post that is still up, it's pinned on my Facebook okay. fan page if someone wants to read it. But it was talking about like the power of the 60 day challenge. So a lot of people do like a 30 day cleanse mm. or 30 days, no alcohol. Yep. And that's good too. But I found that. I did a 30-day no alcohol like after – like a couple mm. of years after I did the 60-day. And the 30-day no alcohol, like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So you start counting. You're like, oh, only 20 more days of this <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> only 10 right. more days so I can go get fucking tanked again, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But with the 60-days, it's such a long period of time, mm. the eight weeks. Yeah. It forces you to m- make permanent change because you know that it's, like, too far in advance to count. Right. She's like, shit, I actually have to figure out how to live this way. You know, there's no, like, like countdown, like, right. ripping the fucking days off the calendar, you know? Like, 58 days doesn't sound short, <laughs> you know? So long. You're, like, on day three, you're like, fuck, I got 57 <laughs> more days. Like, you actually have to right. learn to adapt. Yeah. And you learn strategies. So, like, you know, I was dating at the time. I'd be like, hey, do you want to go have a drink? And, like, girl would say, like, well, you don't drink. And you got to know what to do in those situations. Yeah. You know, like, do you have a club soda or do you find a different date or something like that? You know, mm. whereas if it's like 30 days, you can be like, oh yeah, I'll be back drinking with you soon. Right. You know? But like <laughs> right. it's 60 days and you meet them in week one, yep. you know, like yep. you got to like figure out something to do for the rest of that. So it forces you to make that lifestyle change. Mm. And I put this challenge in people. I say, pick the thing you want to change about yourself and give yourself a 60 day day challenge on it so if that's starting to work out you know don't do like a 30 day because yeah. then you'll just fall off the track do 60 days and commit to that mm. and then it's so much more likely to become a permanent lifestyle change i don't think it's like double i think it's probably yeah. like 10x more likely to yeah. become that love it man yeah so i would say yeah But so my challenge to the readers is, is pick something it doesn't have to be alcohol it mm. could be uh like you said, working out, it could be nutrition, yeah. you know, kicking the fried foods or the gluten or mm. whatever it is, you know, I mean, it could be porn. It could be drugs. It could be, uh, I mean, you know, we got all kinds of ways that we're fucked up that we don't <laughs> want to talk about, but everyone's got a few. Don't feel bad. So yeah, give yourself 60 days to conquer it. And I think you'll find some real lasting change.
0: Love it. Thanks dude. Yeah. thanks for pleasure. Thanks for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, so you can find Craig at Craig Clemens on Twitter. That's at Craig Clemens. And for that spelling and all the links and resources Craig and I discussed, including more information on his businesses, it can all be found at the page we created, especially for this episode. That'll be at failon.com slash 033. And next week, we are sitting down with James Swanwick from being an anchor on SportsCenter for ESPN with no experience, by the way. It's a crazy story. He's also the author of Insider Journalism Secrets. He's sold millions online and co-founded an international agency, Croc Media. Just a crazy diverse background, really interesting guy. But he'll be sharing his first entrepreneurial experience performing interviews with Hollywood stars, how he landed a job of being an anchor for SportsCenter, like I mentioned, with no experience, and after bombing the first audition. And we go through a lot more. Don't miss it. It's a good one. And if the podcast is providing value to your life, please email me at rob at and let me know what your biggest takeaway from this episode was with Craig, and I'm sure he'd love to hear it as well. And as I continue to build out Failon with the goal of helping employees become entrepreneurs to create absolute freedom, I'd be really grateful for a couple things that might seem small, but they actually matter so much. Subscribing to the podcast takes a single click and helps the show get found by more people. And obviously when more people can find the show, it means it can help more people, which means in return, you're helping more people by simply subscribing to subscribe and rate and review the podcast really easy. Just visit failon.com slash iTunes or failon.com slash Stitcher. That's all for this episode of the Fail On Podcast. For more resources, show notes, and action items to help you find success in your failures, sign up for our mailing list at failon.com. For more actionable inspiration, we'll catch you next time right here on the Fail On Podcast.